Welcome to episode two of Practical Magic. I am Cassandra. I am your host of this podcast and I am owner of Soul Ascending, which can be found on Facebook and Instagram. My goal with this podcast is to introduce you into the world of witchcraft as I am learning it myself. I am an eclectic witch and today we're going to talk about six types of witches. Now these six types are kind of the six major categories. However, there is really an infinite amount of um, names that people can call themselves in witchcraft. So a lot of this, a lot of the times this witchcraft, um, name is a label that is added to people kind of depending on where they feel themselves pulled into witchcraft, but this can also change depending on region. Um, region's a big one. There's also ethnic and culture-based witchcraft, So kind of depending on your background, where you grew up, the community that you grew up in, things like that can definitely change how you use your magic and how you delve into witchcraft. Um, There's a lot of witches that this is passed down um, through, through the line of the family. There's people that are just kind of getting into this that... It's become a lot more mainstream, so a lot of more people are kind of kind of joining the witchcraft community. Um, so yeah, I'm going to talk about six of them that I kind of think are the the six major hitters as far as types of witchcraft. Um, but always remember, do your research. On you know, the internet is an amazing place to find some information and really see which areas of witchcraft you're pulled into. Like I said, I personally um, am an eclectic witch. I pull from a lot of different things. So with that being said, let's jump in. So the first form of witchcraft that I wanted to talk about is called the green witch. So these are going to be witches and they are going to be pulled a lot to um, mother nature and earth and in the natural states of things. These witches have a very deep connection to earth Um, you'll usually find them. They're the ones that are running around in bare feet in the dirt, and they are typically really big on gardening and earthwork, um, using soil for their craft, using a lot of herbs and fruits and vegetables and things like that in their craft. Um, these are the people that have the green thumb that can pretty much grow everything under the sun and not kill it. Um, and then unlike some of the, the other folks that can't grow anything to save their souls, um, these particular witches love to find the connection of growth with nature. So a lot of these, these um, folks will follow the, the wheel of time, which is a big thing in witchcraft for all bases, but these people are going to be the ones that are, are really on top of when the seasons are changing and what things are happening at those points because they're looking at their craft as growing the same way that the earth does. You plant the seeds, you water them, you fertilize them, you watch them grow, and that can be very symbolic to many other things. So even just putting something into the earth and watching it grow is a form of their magic and what they do. So a lot of the times you're going to find these witches, like I said, out wandering around in nature a lot, no shoes. They like to be connected into the soil and really pull their energy um, from Mother Earth is is a big part of their craft. Um, These witches usually use like herbs, essential oils, things like that. And a lot of their tools are going to be handcrafted natural tools. Um, you know, like finding a piece of, of wood to use for, uh, um, 
for whatever they need. They can use that to burn stuff. They can use it to, as, a, as literally a tool to dig up earth, things like that, as a wand. Um, these witches are amazing, beautiful souls that are going to be somebody that can really connect with earth and that cycle of life and death. The second form of witchcraft that I wanted to kind of touch on is the cosmic witch. So these are going to be your witches that are into the astrology. They're going to know exactly what moon phase um, we are in at the exact moment where planets are aligning up, um, where stars are at, and and those birth charts. I touch on them very lightly um, with what I do. However, I am far from an astrologer. Uh, these people will be able to tell you down to the minute sometimes with what's going on in the universe and how the energies are being affected by these alignments. These witches are also um, typically into like a numerology, which if you're curious about numerology, it's it's actually very cool. I've had my number chart done and it's very enlightening. I highly recommend that you find somebody that does numerology charts if you don't know already. Um, you can definitely look up some of that information online. I may touch on that sometime in a different podcast and kind of go through maybe even my own number chart but they these these witches are amazing wonderful souls they always kind of remind me of almost like little aliens they're so connected to that other realm if you will they they are always kind of up there literally in the stars figuring things out and they always remind me of of folks that are made of stardust. They're absolutely beautiful and weird, and I love it. Um, these are going to be the people that are asking you exactly what day, month, year, time, location you were born, so they can figure out all of your astrological signs and compatibilities and things like that. Um, yeah, cosmic witches are great. I absolutely love them. I I delve into it slightly in my craft, but absolutely nowhere near what some of the amazing astrology and cosmic witches do. Um, the third witchcraft, this is one that I'm pretty pretty well called to. I absolutely love this particular type. It is the kitchen witch. These are going to be the witches that are, are brewing and bubbling and, and cooking and making and creating things. Um, they, they definitely have a link to the green witchcraft. A lot of the times these are going to be the witches that you walk into their home and they have herbs hanging from the ceiling drying and they have their own little herb garden in their kitchen outside. They love to use fresh things. Um, they love cooking from scratch. These witches are kind of what you think of when you're thinking of witchcraft in the Hollywood scene. These are the ones that have like the cauldrons that they cook in and and you can walk into their house and there's always these amazing smells because they're always making something. Um, these witches are great that they, and I do this a lot, they're the ones that are going to have spells that they're using like herbs and things to, to make that with. So like the last tip that I gave you guys in the previous podcast as far as casting a spell while you're cooking, that's these witches. They are the people that write things down on bay leaves and burn them, which is totally something I do almost every full moon or new moon, depending on whether I'm wanting to release something or bring something in. Um, 
yeah, they're, they write sigils down on these bay leaves or intentions and burn them. They're the ones that are going to be saging all the time. I mean, most witches sage all the time and, and kind of use sage or lavender. I love lavender personally because it's something that I grow and I love to burn. You can do, ba you know, bay leaves, basil, everything can be burned into some sort of, of a releasing mechanism. Um, but yeah, kitchen witches are going to be those people you walk into their house and they always have something baking, cooking, fresh for you to try. Um, yeah, they're fun. Um, the fourth type of witch is, they're typically referred to as a sea witch, but somebody that's grown up and lived in Colorado my entire life, I usually refer to them more as a water witch because you can still be a sea witch and use fresh water. Um, these are people that are going to be called to water all the time. So you don't necessarily have to be close to the ocean. Not all witches have that luxury anyways, but fresh water, I mean, even like baths and showers, these are going to be the witches that are constantly needing bubble baths all the time. They always kind of remind me of a fish out of water where they're always called to, to be joining the water somehow. Um, these are going to be the people that are doing like your moon waters and things like that. Um, like I said, bath rituals are going to be usually pretty big with these witches or shower rituals. They're going to typically be using water of some kind in their spell work almost all, all the time. They're very called to, when they're looking into mythology, they're going to have a really deep connection with those water-based mythological stories, mermaids, um, you know, creatures of the deep, Poseidon would probably be a, a god that they would be very connected to, or likewise in other religions, these gods that are in the water, things like that. These are going to be the people that are usually obsessed over mermaids um, and things like that. So they are going to be the ones that are, you know, they have seashells everywhere and they're collecting watery things all the time. That's what a sea witch is. And like I said, it doesn't have to necessarily be from salt water. They don't have to be connected to the actual sea, but they could be connected and typically will live close to somewhere where there's water, whether that be a lake, a river, a stream, um, if they have their own little pond in the back just to have that connection to water or if they're just always being called to take showers and bath just to get a time to relax. The water is something that's really soothing to them. The fifth type of witch is a hedge witch. Um, these are going to be your divination workers and your mediums. These are people that connect to spirit and they make it seem effortless. Um, these these folks are amazing and they are the ones that can talk to to the other side. They're typically work very close with what we call the veil. And you'll always hear about like around Halloween time, that's when the veil's really thin. That's when spirit can connect with people on the other side a lot easier. These witches can connect to people on the other side, um, to spirits on the other side, to beings. Um, to past family members, things like that. So when you're seeing like the mediums and stuff on Facebook that are connecting, typically they they would be more of a hedge witch if that's what they identify as. I don't like to try to identify people that don't identify that as themselves. Um, but that's kind of in, in witchcraft, that's the kind of people that they are. Um, tarot cards are usually really big or any other divination type of tool is very big with these witches. It's their tool to connect if they need to, to the other side. Um, pendulums, 
um, Ouija boards, which have a really bad rap, but as long as you know what you're doing in witchcraft, um, and find yourself somebody that does, if you don't do a lot of research, I personally don't believe that any specific tool is evil or bad. It's what you're doing with it that can cause something evil or bad. Um, intention is always big to me with witchcraft. That's how I understand everything in witchcraft is just your intention. It's not necessarily what you're using to get that intention across. Personally, I love to use tarot cards, but I don't use them specifically just for what the book is saying that they're for. So a lot of the times, like I'll do a tarot reading and I'll read the book, but I will also kind of tap in and see what messages are coming across for me. And these messages with like a hedge witch can come from spirit and spirit's kind of a generalized term. Um, it depends on what you connect to spirit. So for me personally, it's angels. I call upon angels a lot to help me with certain things. Um, my guides, I have, everybody has their kind of own specific guides and there's many meditations out there to try to kind of connect and see who your guides are, communicate with them, things like that. So I'll tap into my guides a lot and I ask them to tap into the guides of the person that I'm reading or the angels or beings of light. Um, I personally have a connection with Hades and Persephone. So I will ask them to help me often in any sort of divination that I'm doing something as simple as just cleansing my house. I will ask them to help me out with, with readings. I'll have them help me out with, um, I mean, even trying to find intuitive jewelry for some, some people, I'll ask them to kind of help me figure out what it is that this person needs in their lives and I'll ask them to kind of tap into that person's guides or spirits or whatever they have. So when you're talking about like a hedge witch, that's kind of what you're talking about is somebody that is tapping into those other energies on the other side, if you will. Um, they, they are usually the ones that are kind of, like I said, they do a lot of mediumship type of things. Um, I always imagine hedge witches like doing the haunted houses and like going around and and hanging out in the cemeteries and and things like that and really tapping in because they have a really deep understanding for what happens on that other side and how to communicate with folks on that other side so finally in my top six kind of types of witches is the eclectic witch and that's what I identify personally as eclectic witches kind of use a little bit of all of the the different types of witchcraft so um like crystals I absolutely love crystals I am not certified for crystal healing by any means or anything along those lines but um I've just always felt a huge pull to them I believe that they are formed under certain energies that they can help balance that energy wherever they are. Um, so like rose quartz is formed at a certain frequency and it brings that frequency to you when you're holding it to allow for that self-love and that self-healing. Um, and same with all the other kinds of crystals. I mean, there's, there's thousands of other kinds of crystals out there. Everything from easily accessible to incredibly rare crystals. Um, and that's a huge pull for me. So a lot of a lot of people would identify as a crystal witch in that particular situation. So I pull upon that. Um, and I really pull upon all of the other five types of witchcraft that I've kind of um, touched on today. 
Um, like I said, a cosmic witch, I absolutely love astrology. I am not well versed in it, but I find it absolutely fascinating to look at the birth charts to, and I love the moon phases. So I keep up with those as much as I possibly can. Um, green, which I probably drive my entire family. I know for sure my husband insane with the amount of plants that I keep growing. Um, if you look on my Instagram page, I show kind of how to propagate like Christmas cactus is a big one for me. I think I have like six or seven of them going right now just because I can. Um, I have my vegetable garden. I obsess over what kind of plants we, we bring into our backyard and our yard in general so that I make sure that I'm bringing in pollinators to make sure that my vegetables and apple trees are getting what they need. So there's a lot of stuff that I pull from the Green Witch. Kitchen Witch is a big one for me. I absolutely love to cook and I like to make things from scratch. I just feel that I can add more of myself into it when I'm doing that and add more love into it. And when you add more love into what you're cooking, the more it nourishes those that are eating it. Um, so I definitely pull upon my Kitchen Witch craft as much as I can. I love water. Um, I have indeed found myself being pulled to taking baths. We have a hot tub that we jump into and I use those a lot as a de-stressor for me. I find that water really helps cleanse away some of that stress and negativity and helps me relax and even meditate at times. So um, I definitely pull on that one a lot. And like I said, with a hedge witch, I, I love divination. I don't consider myself a medium. I don't talk to those that have passed. I don't typically find myself being asked to bring messages to people, but I love doing like a tarot reading for somebody that's asking questions on certain things um, and kind of helping guide in, in certain directions from energies that I can tap into. Um, and it's not very often that it's somebody's family member, so I don't do the mediumship part of things, but I do do the divination parts of things. Um, and I absolutely love using the wheel of time for things. I will typically celebrate all of the holidays that are on the wheel of time. And if you don't know what that is, again, research is huge. Um, Instagram is amazing and has some, excuse me, wonderful accounts to follow to really understand and, and start getting into witchcraft. Um, Pinterest has some decent stuff, but really if you just get some books and start reading them, um, I have a couple that I read pretty regularly and I will, I will talk about those later, but there's some other ones that I really, I like to kind of peruse through. There's some amazing books out there that will help kind of start the education. And the big thing with witchcraft is you kind of have to find your own way. And I still kind of find myself trying to get like the how-to manual on everything. And there's really no great how-to manual. It's intuitive. It's what you feel called to do. Um, there's some people that are very strict with their witchcraft. And then there's people like me that it is so up and down. And that's really kind of one of the reasons I identify as an eclectic witch is I don't I'm I'm not a good witch. I'm a bad witch. Um and not like in a negative sense. I just don't always follow every rule or whatever it is that you find on some of these places. Like I don't follow the rule of 3. I'm horrible about remembering full moons. There's one tonight and tomorrow night. I totally forgot about it until about 5 minutes before making this podcast. 
Um, so you don't have to be anal retentive, I guess is the best way to put it, to be a witch. Um, and you kind of have to find your own way and do a lot of research and, and kind of see what other people do and see what you're pulled to and what you're not pulled to. There's, there's several things that I am not pulled to like hexing or binding. I don't believe in those. I believe in letting karma work the way that she needs to work instead of trying to force things. But that is, that's me personally. That does not mean that that witchcraft is evil or bad. That just means it's not something that's resonated with me. Um, so witchcraft is absolutely amazing just because there's so many different types. There's so many different ways to take your practice and you don't have to follow all the rules that you may find out there in witchcraft. You can make your own set of rules if you're not going to follow something specific as far as being inducted into like a Wicca witchcraft or a religious witchcraft or anything along those lines. So do your research, um, get out there and see what, what calls to you and do the research into that specific area. See if it's still something that calls to you. And if not, maybe it's a different direction that you need to go. Um, but yeah, it's amazing. You guys, hopefully that helps out. So I'm going to leave you with a full moon water spell um, just because there is a full moon coming up. So the things you're going to need for your full moon water is you need a glass jar and it has to be glass guys, not plastic, please. So like an old, um, like jam jar, whatever you want. Most witches collect those just because for some reason we can't throw away jars. So you, I'm sure you have one laying around. Um, you're going to need some filtered water, and then there's a couple of options if you would like. You don't have to, but you can definitely add these things to your water to amplify the energies. You can use crystals. So be very, very, very careful about what kind of crystals you are using, you guys. Some crystals cannot be placed in water. And do your research and make sure, like I said, I am not a specialist in crystals specifically. I know a couple of them that can be added to water. Contact somebody that knows crystals better if you need to do a lot of research. Um, but I absolutely love adding rose quartz, clear quartz to my water. And you can actually put those directly into the water if you would like to. I've also done moon water where I've placed the crystals around because I like to add tourmaline. And tourmaline is not a crystal that can, be go, that can go into water and safely drink. Um... So I've added them outside of the jar and on the lid to help infuse the water with the energies from those crystals. I also love to use Rainbow Moonstone. It is my absolute favorite crystal to use in everything. It's it's the one that calls to me all the time. So I have a couple of good sized palm moon or moonstones. So I usually add those to the lid of my jar as well. You can also add herbs. Again, make sure that you are using herbs that can be added to water, first of all, and are edible. Um, so things like lavender, bay leaves, you know, you're going you're gonna to want food quality herbs to add into your water if that's the way that you're going to go with it. And you're going to fill up your jar with that distilled water. And if you opt to add one of the items to it, you can do that. And you want to leave that outside in the moonlight overnight. Um, so you can, if it's really, really cold out, I have just put it in the windowsill before because living in Colorado, it can get into the negatives, especially in the winter time. Um, so make sure that that's immersed in the moonlight and you doesn't have to necessarily be literally in the moonlight, but you want 
access to let the moon's energy penetrate the jar. So like I said, a windowsill or something along those lines that the moon's energy can get through. If it's a cloudy night, that is okay. It can still get through to the water. And the full moon energy is going to immerse that water with the changes and the energy that you are putting it out there for, for your intentions. And what you can do with that water is you can, I drink mine personally throughout the day. So you want to get it out of the windowsill or bring it inside before the sun rises. <clears throat> and you can drink the water. You can use it to make teas if you would like. Um, you can water plants if you want to use that as a, like a money growth type of spell with your moon water. Um, you can use it in spells. So especially, like I said, those sea witches or water witches that like to use water a lot for their spells. This is the kind of water that they're usually using. Um, and you can also use it in rituals. So like a bathing ritual or a showering ritual. If you want to take that water and just spill it over your head or your body to wash away things, to infuse your body with what the moon water energy is bringing to you. Um, but yeah, it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, and like I said, I usually just drink mine. You can leave the quartz in there while you're drinking them. Um, but like I said, just make sure that you're doing research to see what kind of crystals are water soluble. Some of them release toxic chemicals. So please, please, please be very, very careful and conscious of what kind of crystals you are using. If in doubt, just leave them out. Um, just put them around the outside, put them on the lid, whatever you need to do. The intention will still be there. The energy will still be absorbed. Okay, you guys? Um, but thank you for listening to my podcast. Let me know if you guys have any topics that you would like for me to touch on, especially at Instagram. I usually try to put up, um, something once a month or so that will kind of lead me in the direction of what my next podcast will be. So you can go to my soul ascending Instagram page and follow me there. Follow me on Facebook. I'm not as active on that as I am on Instagram, but I do try to check it a couple times a day. Thank you so much for listening and have a blessed day.